I have with me a couple of guys today, one that I've known for, I'm going to say about half my life, and, uh, <laughs> and a, another gentleman that I heard about and uh, am so excited to bring to you. These guys have a fantastic story, um, both separately and together, and so I thought you'd enjoy meeting them. Dino and Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you for thank having you, Thank us. you for having us. It's great to be here with you. So, Dino, you, like me, you're a retired cop from uh, from Illinois, and uh, you had a really terrific career. So I'm going to ask you what everyone always wants to know. Why did you become a cop? And uh, and tell us a little bit about your career in uh, in the Chicago suburbs. Well, thank you. You know, not to be cliche-ish, but I have to tell you, um, I'm a Chicago native. I was born in Chicago. So going to parochial school, I had to get there very early to warm up the lights in the church because it was a mass, you know, chapel service in the morning. And while lighting up those old lights, I'd always see off to the distance a Chicago police officer uh, praying. And I, I would actually look forward to go to warm up the lights and get everything set for the service. And that began my walk. Uh, it seems like God put a desire in my heart to pursue law enforcement. And what's interesting um, I'm first generation born here, you see. So my 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 family came from Guatemala. Um, my, my father came from Greece. Uh, my stepfather who raised me, uh, he came from Vienna, Austria. So this was like a new thing in our family as being in law enforcement. And uh, that began the walk. I just wanted to become a police officer. And it led all the way into my first uh, application in 1988 as a, as a dispatcher, actually. And uh, from that dispatching, I went on to a northwest suburb in Cook County, and I became a, uh, a civilian employee. They called them at the time police cadets, right, at age 19. And uh, then soon there, barely 22, I went to the Chicago Police Academy Metro class. And uh, thank, thank God I just completed uh, 30 years total serviceable in uh, 2018. But I have to say that it was around 1989. Uh, is when I was mentored by an older uh, detective. And he basically taught me and, and, and encouraged me uh, to look at law enforcement through the better way, I'd like to say. So he introduced me from having head knowledge of God to heart knowledge, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, intertwining in my career, Betsy, the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers, a not-for-profit organization that is across the country. It started in 1969 in California. And we have a local chapter out here in the Elgin area. We meet once a month. And those relationships there were very genuine and authentic. And those men and women who are also with in the career and applying biblical principle and, and becoming optimal law enforcement professionals, I have to say, I give God all the glory for giving me that, that insight and that wisdom. And uh, yeah, so that was about 75 pounds ago. And you and I met, obviously, throughout our careers. And, uh, you know, I, I just love and thank God for your husband, Dave Smith. As, as you know, he had interviewed me uh, years ago as a dear officer. And now here we are again. So it's just amazing the way how, how God orchestrates us together really to, to um, continue to contribute to law enforcement in such a positive and God-honoring way. So, yeah, I finished my career as a police sergeant. And I can really relate with you. It's probably the best position out there. And I, I served that uh, for about 12 years. And uh, currently, I'm the president of the local chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers. And I just have a passion for 
uh, men and women uh, to know God in a personal way. I don't convert anybody. I just share my story, leave it up to God. Everyone's welcome to attend. And uh, I will say this to uh, complete my intro briefly, that, uh, you know, God is looking for men and women to, to, to be in position to serve God in law enforcement, especially at such a time as this. Oh, it truly. Now, Bob, how did you meet this guy, this young sergeant? <laughs> well, Dino and I met probably now seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was at the time pastoring, but I was also um, helping out a, a local ministry organization here called Fox Valley Christian Action in the Chicagoland area. And I was helping them with summer camp. And um, so I was kind of the person running it. And uh, we did training at our church. And um, I walked in to begin the training and I saw this young lady sitting there kind of by herself and just kind of went up to her and began to talk to her and found out that she was local found out that um, she was, I think, a senior in high school, junior in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, just through a lot of, just little dynamics of things and talking with her, um, the spirit of the Lord just said, your son is going to one day marry this young lady. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. before I could even fully comprehend it, my son actually walked into the room, uh, which um, he usually doesn't come to the training until later in the week, but for whatever reason, he showed up that particular time. And so uh, Stephanie and, and my, or my son, Bredgie, uh kind of begin uh, a, a relationship. And, mm -hmm. um, and uh, through that, uh, we met Dino and Michelle at a um, church event. Uh, where um, my son was playing the drums. Mm -hmm. And I think I was going to be speaking. I, I think yeah, that's, he did. that's what happened. Yeah, I was speaking. I was going to be sharing. And um, Dino just came up to me and we embraced one another and kissed and hugged one another. And we've been doing that ever since for the last seven years. So mm -hmm. uh, I think our kids got married. Is it three years now? It'll be Dino? Yes. Yeah, that's three right. years. Uh, so. Yeah, so Dino and I and Michelle, my wife Stacy, um, you know, there's people that there's a uniqueness of, of uh, I think of, you know, you have the, and we don't even call them in in laws, we call them in loves. We're in loves, um, mm -hmm. and we have such a relationship, which is very unique because we started having a relationship before the kids actually got married. Mm -hmm. Where a lot of times, you know, parents are meeting for the first time at the wedding and you know, that type of thing. And so um, it's just been a blessing. Uh, Michelle and Dina are just incredible, incredible uh, parents. Mm. got three wonderful girls mm. um, and they've been just, uh, you know, Reggie is a son to Dino. Yes. Stephanie is a daughter to us. And that's- yes. In fact, we, I, that's let's show grow. people, um, let's show people the family at the wedding, shall we? So you guys had such a beautiful photo. You you both have beautiful families. Um, what did you guys first talk about? And then what did you decide that you could do together? Bob, do you mind if I start? A little yeah, bit? please. Yeah. So getting back to the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers, when we get together, you know, we pray for each other. 
And um, it's not always about law enforcement, but then it is. So part of those prayers with these older men, uh, older men in, in, in the career and in their walk with God, I remember one mentored me to say, you know, Dino, start praying for the spouses of your children like yesterday. And um, I'll tell you, that made a big impact. And, and I began to pray for the spouses of my daughters, asking the Lord and his will to deliver, you know, men who have a relationship with Jesus, right? So that that's what had happened. So a lot of great things happened through the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers to encourage police officers to live an optimal life inside law enforcement outside. So when Bob and I met through our children, I, I remember PB, uh, Pastor Bob, I remember telling Bob, I go, you know what? Uh, I really have a feeling that God has us prepared for something bigger than for our children meeting. And, and even now that we share grandparenting, our, 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 our children now have a granddaughter born coming up on a year now. She'll be a year in January. Mm -hmm. You know, God has shown, and, and with that, I'll let Bob talk about that, but how we both are working together in such an interesting time as this, when, when law enforcement is under such immense scrutiny and mm -hmm. and with Bob's background, professional background in his ministry, and we've just come together. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, God really had connected us. We we have often talked about and thought about just, you know, we love our kids. We love what God is doing through them, but it's much bigger than them. And um, one of the things that um, the Lord has kind of brought Dino and I together is Dino obviously has the experience as a police officer and has lived it. He's walked it. Um, what I bring to the table is um, kind of the opposite of what you and Dino would have been doing years ago when you were actually active, running me down because I was creating chaos in the streets. So, uh, but God took that and he turned that thing around. And here I am now, um, you know, sharing and encouraging others um, to get out of that mindset, um, running the streets and, and then the whole part of honoring police. Um, you know, we, uh, Dino and I started a, a ministry together uh, called Building on Collaboration. And uh, I have a book uh, that we have out. Uh, it's called uh, The Culture of Honor, Between the Lines. And you get this on Amazon. Um, and so we've taken that and we begin this process of how do we uh, teach officers, teach community? Mm -hmm. um, because I think we, we so focus on, you know, let's make everything right with the officers. And yet we can do that we can have this perfect department. We can have this perfect, um, you know, officers doing their job, but yet you still have the problem in the community. You know, nothing's changed. So how do we work to balance that? How do we work to bring that together? And so one of the things that we do is um, I, I've done some work at, um, at, an, at a police department in the Chicagoland area and the suburbs there. And... Um, it's called the culture of honor. And basically what we do is we bring together police officers, um, administrative workers, uh, police, communication folk that work at the police department and provide this opportunity to speak about the valuing of honoring one another. Mm -hmm. And the, in, the, the initial uh, thought that some people come in with is, oh, well, you know, they're going to come in and, you know, you know, tell us about you know, particularly with the whole thing that happened with George Floyd a couple of years ago, you know, going to talk, talk to us about, you know, how we need to do different things differently. And, you know, the whole race thing with George, uh, George Floyd and all that stuff. 
And best we don't. Mm -hmm. We talk about the valuing of one another. How do mm -hmm. we honor one another? And I will tell you, race has never been a part of our conversations. We've mm -hmm. done this now for about two years. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had 162 counting, 162 officers uh, attend. And what's cool about it, mm -hmm. they come, it's not a mandate. They come on their own. They come as part of their own volunteering time. I mean, how cool is that? That's right. amazing. You know, you got these wonderful officers who are putting in their shift or time. They want to go home or they right. don't want to. Actually, they don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be telling you anything about me. But they come to these meetings. They sit in and they there's just a change in their paradigm because they hear the heart of other people. And what it does, it begins to create this avenue of, man, how do I, I want to honor you for who you are. And I'm not talking about honoring after 30 years of doing my retirement or you honor me at my birthday. Honoring should be a part of our lifestyle. Right. You know, because uh, we want to value people. Um, you know, if I, if I honor you, Betsy, it is because I value who you are. I value who you are and how God created you. And then we also do this thing where there's this concept called creating space for grace. Mm -hmm. Even though we may have relationship, you know, we're human. So I don't know, I may trip up and may offend you, but because we built relationship, because there's honor, what happens is that you've created enough space between me and you that allows me to hiccup sometimes mm -hmm. where it doesn't change our relationship because there's honor and value there. And yeah. so we've had a lot of success uh, with doing this with um, police departments, have done this with mm -hmm. churches. So it's not just um, mm -hmm. a focus on police and community, but because of the era that we were living in, mm -hmm. um, I kind of wrote the book a little bit more towards police and community. I had a, I had a guy out in California who, who bought the book and uh, called me and said, hey, I wanted to let you know um, that uh, your book saved my marriage. Mm. Wow. Had nothing to do with the police, had nothing mm. to do with the community. It just had right. to do with the fact that there's honor there. Right. So Dino yeah. and I are doing that. We're kind of really trying to build it up more and hitting different places, different police departments and communities and churches and that type of thing. So yeah. pretty excited yeah. about it. Yeah. And, you know, Betsy, if I can add that, you know, us being around, uh, as long as we have in, in law enforcement, um, I, I, I'll speak for myself. You know, the demise which shipwrecks a police officer is not in the physical realm or the cognitive realm. It, it is definitely in the spiritual realm. And that's supported by our friends in the FBI that, you know, in 2005, the Human Behavioral Science Unit, you know, these scientists, they put together an empirical study, right? And it's called Beyond um, Survival Towards Officer Wellness. Now, I have to look at my notes because BESTOW is an acronym. Uh, but that has a lot to, that's rooted in honoring, right? And uh, when you have a police leader, I mean, we can ask questionnaires of many law enforcement uh, active and retired. And they can probably say what's most challenging is uh, what kind of culture is being cultivated in a police organization, right? So to have a police leader embracing, honoring their their God, honoring their, their, their spouse, honoring their the people they work with, right? They can then mitigate, as we know, we're taught to control and trust nothing from day one at the academy. But as of lately, um, I don't think we're, we do a better job to help officers how to shift gears, 
when they go home, right? Or even as you get promoted, you don't want to control your people and not trust your people, especially with your with your, with your spouse and your children. Um, so when, when Bob and I have come together through God's grace uh, and through the intertwining of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers and, and the culture of honor, uh, we were invited to um, speak and teach at the police academy, Chicago Police Academy. And while we were there sharing our stories, um, someone in command wanted to see what's going on here. And after that, only by God's grace, the command staff had said, hey, we need you to kick this off at headquarters, Chicago Police Department. And it's a voluntary basis. And, and these are all pieces of the puzzle where we're at today. And, you know, um, that's, I just wanted to add that, jump in on that with what Bob was saying. And, and I'm, I'm very blessed. I looked up to Bob as an older brother, um, not too much older, right, Bob? But, um, you know, it, I, I learned so much uh, in our relationship. And, and I take these personal spiritual notes. And he really makes me a stronger, a stronger man. And, and I just want to honor Bob by saying that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dina. Thank you, you know, guys, um, and I guess Dina will start with you. We we talk so much now about police officer mental health. I mean, it's a huge mm -hmm. issue. You know, you you talk about the Chicago Police Department. You know, we have been plagued mm -hmm. at CPD with multiple suicides this year, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and you know, and it's not just Chicago. I mean, it's around the country. Mm -hmm. How important do you th is faith mm -hmm. in police officer mental health? It, it's it's essential. It, it's oxygen, really. It is oxygen for the vocation. You know, um, I'm thankful. And staff in command is where I came across this study. So I'll be excited that executive police leaders are embracing that, right? And and maybe it's a little through attrition. And of course, we add spirituality. And of course, I just want to make it clear. Uh, the FBI study doesn't talk about denomination or faith. That, that is a personal choice. But, you know, here we are. Um, marksmanship has to be important, right? Understanding case law and application has to be important. De-escalation. But all that is rooted into where where that domain of that spiritual is it is it um is it being fed? You know, how proficient are you? How developed are you? So to answer your question, it is it is the oxygen of, of law enforcement and that transcends and everything else, but in our conscious what we're speaking about, because of what police officers are faced, both internally in the department and externally combating the false narratives, all those false voices. You have to have that anchor. You have to have that, that sense of oxygen where you're always breathing metaphorically. Yeah. Bessie, right. I would say we have, uh, in fact, in the book of the culture of honor between the lines, there is a chapter in there called healthy minds. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Uh, Al Keating, who's on our team, mm -hmm. uh, does a great job of speaking to that. And, and not so much from a spiritual standpoint, but just from a standpoint of reality and life. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I always tell the officers in these workshops that we do is that um, what you do isn't who you are. That's right. Who you are is a mother, a father, um, a part-time coach, a mentor, mm -hmm. a brother, a sister, um, what you do is a job that you have chosen to, to, to work in, but it's not who you are. And so what we're trying to do is trying to help officers to realize that, yes, you have a job, but that job doesn't make you who you are when you're not working. And, um, but yeah, the healthy minds thing is, is a great, um, concept and, um, and uh, it is in our book. So, you know, if you 
want to get that book, The Culture of Honor Between the Lines, you'll mm -hmm. see that in that, in there, in there's, there's a chapter in the book there. And, you know, Betsy, that culture of honor is, is a, uh, a bold and loving mechanism uh, where it legitimizes an individual, right? Mm -hmm. I understand that there are, are there are people out there that um, that they have been wronged. So we we definitely seek to legitimize. However, however, if the, in our relationship building, if the individual allows us to present them with the motivators that could change their perspective, we look forward to that aha moment. And one of those aha moments is at the very end, I'll say, oh, by the way, Bob's son married my daughter. Guys, where can people get the book and where can they find out more about you and reach out? Yeah, well, um, you can get the book on Amazon, The Culture of Honor, uh, Between the Lines, and it is on Amazon currently. Um, you can also reach us at bochonor.org. Again, that's bochonor.org. That and, is uh, for so Ed, perfect. Pardon me. Dino, uh, where can people find you if they need to get in touch with you? Well, I'm, I'm just by God's grace um, with Bob on that website, but I will also add because it's hand in glove. They're separate uh, non-for-profits, but the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers, fcpo.org, fcpo.org. You can find your local chapter and uh, either through um, the Culture of Honor, that website, uh, my information is there as well, but uh, definitely the Culture of Honor is where our your audience, we encourage your audience to take a look at. Absolutely. You are two busy guys, and I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today. And if you'd like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Put the gun down! Put the gun down! Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.